1: This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. As well as the Making Star Wars Podcast Network.
2: Southern California tickets are now on sale for the Steel Wars 200th podcast live at the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Saturday the 2nd of February at 3.30pm. And we will be joined by special interview guest... Eric Walker, who played Mace Tuwani in the 80s Ewok made-for-TV films, A Caravan of Courage, An Ewok Adventure, and Ewoks, The Battle for Endor. Get ready for behind-the-scenes stories from the films, what it was like to work with Warwick Davis, and of course, the maker, George Lucas. Plus, we'll have a special audience mic set up if you've got a question to ask too. And if you can, hang out for a bit after the show and take in all the fun of the Scum and Villainy Cantina. Presale tickets are just $10 and are available from SteelWars.com or $12 on the door from the Scum and Villainy Cantina. I cannot wait to talk Ewoks with Eric and I hope to see you there. But for now, let's get on with the show. (music)
3: What's up guys, welcome to Strothers Wars, I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars and in each episode I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode I talk to Matt Frost, also known as Froosh. You might recognize his name if you are in the Facebook group, the Steel Wars Listener Star Wars Safe Haven, his wit is without equal and he's also really funny to boot. So let's just get into this. Frouche, I really appreciate you doing this, man. I've been wanting to talk to you for, this is as close to real life as I'm going to be able to talk to you for a while at least. So it's I've been looking forward to this forever, my man.
4: Me too, mate. Very much so. Thank you for having me on. Now, just to get it out of the way,
3: are you for sure not coming to Celebration in April?
4: Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I just you know something amazing would have to happen. Like money rained down from the sky or, you know, and no Mary Poppins would have to happen. If Mary Poppins came down to look after the family to help my wife, I, then we could go. <laughs> I 100% get it, man.
3: I, I can't believe my wife was so cool about me going last year. And if it wasn't, I mean, it's a six hour drive for me this time. And so that's, if it wasn't for that, I, it would have been a lot tougher. sell. I couldn't imagine, you know, what with you having to fly halfway across the world to come hang out with a bunch of nerds. It's uh, <laughs> but it's, so, so, uh, before we dive into the episodes, we always ask this and it's something that steel asks all of his guests. And let's talk about your star Wars fandom. So when did you first get into star Wars?
4: Um, I'm a '77 baby, so um, I was born around the time that Star Wars came out. But I don't really actually remember when when my first experience of Star Wars. I think they used to show the movies in school holidays, so it would have been on earlier on telly. So it would have gone on at 7:30 and finished at 9:30. So um, I would have been allowed to stay up and watch it around about. And then I think. I must have seen part of it and then I was sick when I was about four or five and mum bought me a couple of the action figures and she bought me Luke Skywalker in his X-Wing gear and Darth Vader and I think I was I was done then and uh, then once I went to school um, uh, I found I had a friend around the corner had a video recorder So he'd taped it off the telly and then I could see the whole thing and about, about five years old. So,
3: yeah. Nice. Now,
4: do you recall for sure which movie you saw first? Oh yeah, definitely. It was definitely Star Wars. And then it was very hard to get Empire Strikes back in our town and we didn't have a video recorder. So you'd have to hire a, Video. I'd, we'd have to hire a video recorder and then hope we could get Empire Strikes Back. And but I did see Return of the Jedi before Empire Strikes Back in in the in the drive through in in my hometown. Um, so I, and I that's probably my clearest early memory. I remember it, remember it really well, being in the drive through with the family watching it. So
3: I I can't yeah. recall I. Th- think i may have seen star wars in a drive drive drive-in but none of the others man that's kind of a lost thing now i there's a drive-in sort of close to where i live and you know now you when you do find them you actually tune your car stereo to a frequency and listen to it that way instead of the crappy speaker hanging on the win the window but yeah so did you collect a lot of the toys when you were young? I know, you know, I've heard Steele talk about how just finding some of the stuff was tough for you guys.
4: Yeah, so in, in my hometown, they, they were in supermarkets as well as the one toy store. And so that when mum started buying them for me, I would have been four. So that would have been eighty-one. 81, 82. So all the um, all the Empire Strikes Back toys were still very much in the stores, and then I I was through the the Return of the Jedi um, phase two, and then I remember them slowly fading out of the stores. But, but but living in a small town, occasionally I'd go to the city, and you'd see the you'd go into the big department stores and see the racks and racks of them. It was you know that was pretty pretty cool, but yeah well, I had a lot I probably had about maybe uh, maybe twenty five or six figures I guess of the initial initial lot but I, no vehicles just mini rigs just that yeah that was yeah, going to be my life. that was
3: going to be my next question too did you have any of the vehicles so do you have do you have any of the stuff now that you had when you were a child
4: yeah quite a bit a lot of the the some people somebody gave me a heap of theirs like about 20 of theirs um and so and then i've lost some of mine some of the mini rigs got destroyed and yeah it's it's funny with the the mini rigs like i can remember on christmas coming up to christmas you know it comes back every year i wanted an ATAT so badly oh yeah so i'd, I'd ask father christmas or santa for an ATAT, and i'd um I'd get out my two little at pilots and I'd stick them underneath my pillow ready for the next day so that we could run out and I could put them in the, the AT-AT. And, uh, yeah, every year, no AT-AT. And, um, yeah, you know, there'd be a mini rig under there. And, <laughs> and I found out years later, like Mum just said, like, they were just too expensive, they are just out of our price range. But you don't understand that as a, as a kid. And then so I tried to tone it down for a christmas and i wanted a snow speeder so i had a snow speeder pilot underneath the pillow and that didn't work either more mini rigs so yeah <laughs>
3: yeah that the the ad app man that was that was untouchable for a lot of kids i think and yeah. i was definitely one of those my parents were not having that when i was
4: young i i fully understand now but yeah it's, it's painful painful experience (laughs) well you know i my kids
3: i my wife is the firm voice of reason in our household when it comes to stuff like that because i will just blindly throw money at stuff like that for my kids and then (laughs) decide we'll figure it out later which my wife is like no we'll figure it out now and the answer is no
4: (laughs) yeah now do you collect now currently not really. I, I buy some some of the, the the three point seven five inch figures for the kids to play with, but they're not they're not for keeping on the shelves or anything. They're definitely for the the kids to play with because we we have a lot of neighbours too um, that come around and we look after for for long periods of time. So uh, everyone likes playing with the the Star Wars toys. But I I, I bought my first two collectibles the other day for me. And strangely enough, I bought an ATAP pilot and a and a, and a snow trooper, and a, I've got them in my studio on top of the speakers. So, <laughs> um. yeah, I <laughs> and I felt so guilty when I bought them because they were toys for me. There was no pretending that they were for anyone else. I can't couldn't say that they weren't. So I I thought I'll just say that I bought them for somebody else or something like that, and. I had all this stuff prepared in my head, and then as soon as I saw my wife, I just blurted out, "I just bought two action figures for me," and <laughs> she's just like, she, "Oh
5: she was my so, god it's,
4: it's and they're they're on sale; they were like ten dollars each, like, and you know. But I, I felt terrible. Oh my gosh, <laughs> man! If 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 I let that
3: make me feel guilty, I would be seeing a therapist <laughs> daily because I have bought so much stuff just when I think I, I always tell myself I'm not going to get anything else and then I'll get something else. But what I'm really looking at now is my, my wife, Amanda asked me, is there any like one big star Wars thing that you're wanting this year? And I said, what I really want is the legacy collection, millennium Falcon, which is whenever it's the biggest millennium Falcon that they ever made. And, It's super detailed and super cool. And there was a whole bunch of them left at, I want to say, was it KB Toys? that People were buying them on clearance because they couldn't get rid of them. And, of course, now they're the Holy Grail. And uh, my, my friend, Rich, who owns this store, Saga Toys, that I do go on and on about on the Bad Motivators, he has one that's mint in the original sealed box. And uh yeah, I said, no, I don't want that. I mean, my wife was not going to pay the amount of money that he wants for that, which is it's definitely reasonable, given the market for it, but i I want one I can play with you know yeah. i can't I can't spend that kind of cash on something and feel even remotely good about it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now do your, do you, are your kids as into Star Wars as you are?
4: No. Nah not really but my five-year-old is soraya she's she's she knows that it winds me up when she says star wars sucks so (laughs) she'll but by the same token she's quite partial to ray yeah and um bb8 and sabine um my little two-year-old she quite likes star wars particularly chewy and bb8 and r2d2 she's sort of really mainly into those so yeah but i don't i don't push it too hard on them you know, if you let them they sort of enjoy it and like it a bit i'm yeah they're, they're such they're such willful little girls that i just don't want to push it too hard because they'll just push back right <laughs> <So>. now, <laughs> now,
3: have you guys been into any of the the cartoons like rebels or now with resistance have you has that hit for you guys yet?
4: Um, we tried rebels. Um, Soraya got very upset. She was right into Darth Vader when she was little, when she was about three and she got quite upset that all the stormtroopers were getting shot and then she lost interest. Yeah. And then we, sh- then we showed Sabine cause we wanted to show her Sabine. She's not, she's not named after Sabine, but it was a pretty happy coincidence. Um, yeah, we showed that, and she was just like, oh, Sabine, and then then, then she just lost interest. Um, yeah. But they really, really liked the Forces of Destiny yeah. little clips. Yeah. And, they, and I, I thought they were brilliant, too, myself, actually. I thought they were probably one of my favorite things that's come out. And, so they, 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 they both dug them.
3: Have you checked out the, uh, what is it, Galaxy of Adventures? That's a new thing on the Star Wars Kids YouTube channel. And they're, I believe, I think that's what it's called. They're these one minute long uh, sort of anime-esque retellings of moments from so far the original trilogy. They're super well done. And my little boy, I don't think my little girl has seen them yet, but my little boy, man, he was floored by it. They're really cool. It's From a cartoon aspect, it is really something to see.
4: I haven't seen them yet because I want to see them actually on the telly as opposed to just having a look at them on my phone. Um, but I'll definitely watch them with the kids, I think. I think, yeah, they they both, Soraya in particular, really likes your action-based cartoons, mm-hmm. so she might she might dig, dig on that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, right, dig it. We haven't tried Resistance. It's a bit hard to get hold of here in Australia, so... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, that's... I what... haven't got time to sort of work it out
3: just yet it's weird because i forget that like even with youtube there'll be things that are geographically blocked and it's like because the star wars kids youtube channel has the first episode of resistance on it i think okay yeah i don't know you know it might not be available there vpn my man that's what you need
4: yeah get i need to get on the dark web
3: yeah (laughs) okay so uh, now this let's talk about steel wars and it's funny because one one of the first things that you mentioned here because what i was going to ask you is how did you first get into steel wars now i'm going to assume that your kids don't listen to steel wars that's correct yes (laughs) same same on my hands (laughs) But So you mentioned that episode 72, which is uh, the Force Awakens live reaction, is, was that the very first Steel Wars episode you ever heard?
4: Uh, yeah, it was. I, just before Force Awakens came out, I was, it popped into my head that I should try looking for a Star Wars podcast. I'd only ever listened to one podcast before, which is a very famous interview one here on, in Australia. And I must have listened to about 20 of them and just nothing really worked for me at all. But that was before I realised that you have to sort of get to, you have to sort of give podcasts a little bit longer of a trial than you do some other things. Mm-hmm. You've got to get to sort of know the people and, and get to know their their personalities a bit. So there's some that I listened to in that first 20 that have I've, I've gone back to and really enjoyed. But I wasn't getting very far and I saw this one pop up that was, you know, Australian comedian or something like that. And I'm like, no, that's that's not what I'm after. I'm not, not after a comedy thing. But then I decided to try it just after The Force Awakens because um, it came up quite popular, the, his live <laughs> live reaction one. And I listened to it. And I got about five or six or seven minutes in, and I'm like, no, nah, this isn't for me at all. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was all these people yelling and laughing, and, and I'm like, what, why are they doing it live? This is just, well, you, this isn't what, no, this isn't right. Hey, you guys.
2: <laughs> Welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders. And you want to know something? I do love Star Wars. And each week I organize an event that shortens my lifespan. The Force is awaken uh, I'm not sure I am so and I know the person that watched the film next to me was not for some of the film she looks so pretty when she sleeps though so I, I don't know when it was on the podcast that we uh, decided to do uh, this. Bizarre thing, it came up impromptu, and I said that'd be a weird idea to do a podcast straight after it just to find out whether I can talk after a new Star Wars film. Cop that, haters. I'm here, I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying it. Misa talking. Pretty happy with that. (laughs) By a lot of noise. What did you think? Mm. It's one that girl there in blue that did not budge. Ah, she just did a shrug. Get out. (laughs) She's just disappointed they didn't show the Star Trek trailer.
4: I I can't believe it, that some of those people that were yelling and cheering in that podcast are now some of my, my really close friends (laughs) (laughs) and that I've been to, been to numerous live podcasts myself and really, really enjoy them. And it just goes to show that you just got to get, you got to find you in. Right. When I eventually, when I eventually went back and listened to, to that podcast, I loved it. But I just, I didn't have my in. And I just feel so bad that I just breezed over it the first time. <laughs> just went, no, nope,
3: not for me. Well, you know, because that is that type, that style of Steel Wars episode, it can be a little bit jarring. It's great to hear if you've heard some of the other ones already.
4: <laughs> it just didn't work on me at all. <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I, I really did. I really did. Looking back, I have—I actually, that's one of the ones that I've listened to more than once. But, you yeah, know, it's, um, yeah, just the, having been to one now, um, I understand completely what it's all about.
3: Did you go to the Rogue One reaction show? Did you no, manage to
4: do that? I, I didn't. I nearly did. Um, my wife actually said, oh, you go over and do it. But then I I sort of was the one to pull back and go oh, Ah no this isn't the right thing to do for us at the moment so um, but I I went to the Last Jedi one and that was very good
3: so, Oh I forgot that yeah, yeah 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 for some reason I was thinking that he was in the states when that hit but uh, so I bet that was quite a the scene then Now you had been to had you been to other his other live shows that weren't the initial movie reactions.
4: Yeah, he did does a, did a couple of live shows here a year so and I'd been to a couple of them so and asked some stupid questions and that sort of thing.
3: Yeah, those are good fun. But so if anybody who listens to this, if you ever get a chance to go to see one of the live shows, definitely go. I can't recommend it enough. It's there it's a you're never going to meet more people that have your same weird warped sense of the world than you will at one of these shows. So It's really pretty, pretty solid group of people.
4: Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're very hot here in Adelaide because he comes over during our fringe festival and it's, it's hot (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, you turn the air conditioner off when you're recording a podcast and it. it, Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh man. So where I record is in the, my upstairs office in my house, which is a partially finished attic so it's a billion degrees during the summer and it's freezing during the winter and you know in the in the winter time which it's winter here right now i've got a a, a space heater that's like a radiator so it there's no forced air and i can leave it running but oh my god in the <laughs> in the summertime i i sweat gross it's like okay we're going to do a 20 minute podcast tonight and that's it <laughs> Oh, yeah. So okay, the, the next episode that you mentioned is episode 19 with Hugh Fleming and uh, uh, Jamie McCartney. <laughs>
4: what about this one speaks to you? Um, there's a couple of things about this. Um, Hugh Fleming's uh, uh, artist who's done Star Wars arts for comic books and a, and a very famous um, picture called Jedi Rocks um, or Star Wars Rocks. God. should know what star wars rocks yeah 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 it's got yeah that's got the um all the characters in in, as playing as a band which is fantastic it's it's quite quite well known and he's a he's a magnificent artist um but the funny thing about hugh is you know steel has a his facebook group and hugh was on that and I'd sort of missed like i I don't know all the 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 background knowledge about people, and you know, and I would have heard this episode, but quite often I'm at work and I, I might not have picked up on everything that was being said. and so I'd been like purposely annoying this guy called Hugh Fleming in the um, in Steele's Facebook group because I just decided to pick on someone like I do, and I'd just <laughs> been. Been, tro- <laughs> been trolling the guy mercilessly. <laughs> and then I must have been listening to another episode and he said, you know, artist Hugh Fleming. I, and I'm going to say, I wonder, is, it, is that the same guy? And then it all sort of fell into place and I went back and listened to it. And, <laughs> and I was like, Oh God, I probably should have been a little bit more respectful to the guy. Um, But then then it was so funny because I was listening to the episode and he was being the exact same sort of troll to steal in the episode that I was to him. So, I was just like, "Ah, no, he deserves it.
2: (laughs) He uh, he has done work for Dark Horses, Star Wars and Indiana Jones' comics and the Star Wars insider, Hugh Fleming. Yeah, hi. You seem like that was all a shock to you, Hugh.
5: Yeah, it is a shock. I'd forgotten all about
2: that. <laughs> the 90s are coming back. Yeah, Hugh's pretty old now, so he, he forgets
5: is, what he's is, done. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it is it's all a bit of a shock.
2: Yeah. Now, just to update everyone uh, listening, uh, my house is totally trashed at the moment. <clears> I'm installing these new cabinets to put all my collectibles in, and uh, I just built some new couches from Ikea today. They're very realized. comfortable. No, but this, there is something I realized about these couches this morning. Which is very special.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, do you guys know the um, the now quite uh, iconic photo already of the Star Wars Episode Seven cast sitting around in that black and white photo? Yeah, with Harrison yeah, Ford? Yeah, yeah, it looks These great. On the same couches? <gasps> they no. are. No way! Oh, wow. Wow. But I did realise that after I had purchased them. So check that out. Oh look! Look at are the you photo. Sure, they're
5: exactly the same. Yeah, couches. they are. Look you. So you're telling me the Star Wars production office didn't spring for decent couches? They just went to IKEA. Hey man, at at what you're saying is, <laughs> hang on, let me just—I'm just looking at the details. Th- yeah, they are similar. They look very similar. Look, they, they might not be grey in real life. This is a black and white photograph, but they're the same style. You can get—you're you, ruining the magic. <laughs> you. This is what he does,
1: by the way. That's what I do. I like. Yeah. They to,
5: are. I like to demystify everything. <laughs> It's the same couch. I feel, I feel oh, like I believe you.
4: We're about to have a script read. This
5: is <laughs> don't
2: ruin my dream, mate. This is great,
4: all right. It's like oh god, that's it's pretty much exactly what you know what I would have said. <laughs> 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 and then later on, there's there's quite a, a a brilliant part about you know where they're talking about all the toys that you know we were talking earlier about all the toys that um, you know that used to be in this the store and staring at them
2: what about you when what was your first memory i think i walked into a toy shop in frankston and they just had so many like all the figures and because all the figures were so interesting Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was just like, oh, I want to be into this. And we're about the same age almost, aren't we, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did you have... I remember walking into the toy world when I was a kid, around that same age, and just looking at the Millennium Falcon box up on the top shelf, just staring. I remember the pain in my neck, cricking it back, and just Mm -hmm. looking like it was a promised land that I could never get to. (laughs) Yeah, I don't... I never remember seeing the Millennium Falcon. I remember seeing the shuttle. It was in such a big box, and... Yeah, when you're a kid, and... You don't have money to buy something. You get good at staring yeah. in shops, yeah. just 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 staring the shit out of it. I I used to. This is. Uh, I hope the you know the the Statue of limitations has ended. I, I used to open up the boxes and take out the catalogs. Oh, so yeah. I'd never shop with the toys or anything, but I'd take the little little booklet uh, <laughs> so I could go home and just you know, shit <laughs> <stand laughs> out of those toys man uh, Yeah, when I see you like a, at toy fairs and stuff you see you know people old, are trying to sell the old collection yeah, things Yeah, yeah, it's like oh yeah uh, and then for old times sake I'll steal it from the stall I won't no like. no no okay. <laughs> there's a look of horror on my face at the moment I didn't know that about you steal and who was your who was your guy or your girl your character Hugh that you are related to you loved
5: uh i think i love them all yeah i think uh, the first action figures i ever bought we weren't terribly wealthy so i had i had the opportunity to own three original action figures in 78 when they first came out that was as much as i was allowed to have so i picked i, I was very logical about this i picked luke vader and Chewie. Yeah, one human one villain one alien you know so that was a pretty good spread of I, I
2: was so hoping out of the original 12 you'd be like oh, i got way, i got uh... i got death star guy i got <laughs> that guy with the, the the stack hat on death star yeah. gunner or death star commander whatever his name was jawa and a tuscan raider which, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah
5: jawa with a plastic cape and uh yeah. <laughs>
4: the vinyl cape, yeah we all did it as children just you know you'd go into a toy store and just just stare at those toys just picturing what it'd be like to play with them and uh yeah, Hugh's a, Hugh's a really funny guy. So is Jamie McCartney on that episode. He's, and, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely one of my favorites just for Hugh's wit and, and those, those wonderful stories about those toys.
5: Well,
3: you know, mentioning that, just as a quick aside here, that's something that I've argued with people about when they tell me that I'm just torturing myself by not opening some of the, the toys I collect. And I don't do it specifically because I think I'm going to be a millionaire by having this toy still sealed in the box. But a big part of the nostalgia for me was being in the store and holding it in my hand, imagining how great it would be to take it home and play with it. But I never got to. And I mean, I know that sounds silly, but that's a big part of the experience of my childhood is looking at that longingly. So I totally get it.
4: Look, there was something... There was something about those those Kenner toys and the packaging and you know the if you were into the movies and the love and all that nostalgia stuff. There was, yeah. Uh, you know, if I, I think about, there was sort of magic in those toys. Like, and that's not really something that I'd normally say. It's not something I'd normally feel, but they're 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 very special. Like, and. And part of them was in their little bubble packs with their their um and all the pictures and on the back and all the names and you know there was you know though there was a reason why they were insanely popular it was they were they were special
3: yeah i i one hundred percent agree man i do that's <laughs> that is uh
4: oh gosh, I have so many memories of it who like we're coming up to christmas time and like you know you'd go under the christmas tree and i tell you what you i could i could see from the other side of the room what a a card-backed figure looks like when it's wrapped up oh yeah oh you know all the angles like and you you yeah unfortunately also i also know very much what a mini rig looks like when it's wrapped up (laughs) um but (laughs) some of the mini rigs were really cool though man It, it i
3: gotta say but I understand the the laments. Oh
4: there was there was actually a mini rig that was designed to fit in the belly of an atat. So it would actually squeeze in there and you could carry it in the in the little fold down compartment in the in the body of the Attat. And I, I reckon I slept one, one Christmas Eve with that in bed as well, because I had that and that was gonna be the year, you know, like I was not only going to have my two little adat pilots. I was going to have the little mini rig to go in there as well. I didn't realize that. I'll have to look into that. I mean, not that yeah, I'm never going to get an adat, but. I, I've, de- I've definitely still got that one. I reckon it was called, I should know this, INT4, I reckon. Yeah, it was like a little, it had fold-out wings, little gray thing, and it had a little red viewport, like just like the Adats shaped the same.
3: I'm going to go look that up later. I want to <laughs> see. I do.
4: I'll, I'll find mine and I'll send you a photo with my sad face next to it. Like a- this, this was my at-at. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the next episode that you
3: mentioned is the A New Hope live commentary. and yeah. This was a really good one. This was like when did he do this the middle of 2017
4: uh no it's a bit it was goes back a little bit before that I what think the... yeah I'm not not sure I, I remember very well when I listened to it That was back when you like I was a band camp member and you could go back and listen to anything um, but I was actually riding my bike trying to get fit. So I was riding the bike in the middle of summer, up up at a very steep hill, and then back down again, and then up again, and back down again. And I was listening to it in my headphones. And I'm not a big sort of laugh out loud sort of person, but I had hysterics on the on my bike listening to the to to this, particularly the the clip here about um, the the Bad Hair Club and the Prawn Cocktails. Um, I was. <laughs>
0: The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: What sort of dick drops someone off half the way? <laughs> Here we go. Oh man, that's no moon. A huge speaker in the side of it. Yeah. That dude's haircut. It's fucking amazing. Mad sideburns. We're
3: the eight people with the worst haircuts in the galaxy. (laughs) We meet here once a year.
2: (laughs) Evil hair empire. This man has plastic hair. Robert it Tarkin gets the sweet seat. Uh, I have it. a lot of buttons on my shirt. If you press one of them, my head will light up. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you don't know which one it is. Maybe try a button if you're brave.
1: I would never press a button. No, I'm too scared. I only have red buttons. <laughs> <laughs> And all of them seem to be carrying multiple whiteboard
6: markers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's prawn cocktails in the middle under that black dome. Uh, Colonel Sanders (laughs) in the background.
3: Meeting over, time for prawn cocktails. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know, man. Destroying a planet's pretty sick.
5: <laughs> this dude's begging for a choke. I am
2: gonna fucking slap <laughs> you. He's gonna get a space slap. He just said, "Give us a choke. Can you choke me?" No. No, he's not getting choked. He just realised he's allergic to prawn crocodile. Yeah. <laughs> you should have not looked beneath the black dome until the meeting was over. Now the allergic reaction you are feeling will kill you. <laughs>
3: Baby
2: vomit. I love it when he goes down against the, uh, the control panel. He's like, I acted the
5: f*** out of that.
4: It's just what I, I love about Star Wars so much that if, if you love something, you should be able to really, really take the mickey out of it. And, and this is just a beautiful example of it. And some, some very funny people, um, Barton, Tegan and Greg Fleet. It was a very good commentary.
3: Yeah, I, I think Bart Freebarn, I think he is awesome. I, lo- I love hearing him. And you're right, by the way, the date was uh, th- when I glanced at it. That was the date that all these went up on Patreon from Bandcamp. Uh. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because that didn't feel right at all. So I'm not sure when it was. But uh, the I think what's cool about this is that it... The way you've mentioned it about being able to pick apart the stuff that you love, it's hearing that other people that you know worship these movies have <laughs> had the same nitpicks about the movie, so it's not just you. You don't feel like, oh, thank God. I thought secretly I didn't love it enough.
4: And and I, I can laugh about... I can I like laughing about the bits I love. I like laughing about the bits I don't like. I... I, I like laughing at all of it. I think that's something that's actually missing a lot from from the new Star Wars. Is they don't mind making comedy in them, but they're no longer doing the the, the parody outside of it. And I think you know, and you can take things too seriously, and you can take your own you can take your own intellectual property too seriously too. And um, I hope they lighten up one day and. And go back to some of the the parodies that they used to do, but uh yeah and and because this shows just how funny it can be when you when you make fun of things, so it was like an audio Robert, robot chicken sketch that that commentary was was
3: there was there ever a point in it where you're like, "Oh no, you don't that's you've gone too far now,
4: nah, never, never. <laughs> you can be a little bit too, you can take yourself and you can take your, your, the things you love too seriously. And, um, I I always like it when my initial reaction is like, oh, you can't say that. And then you think, ah, no, yes, you definitely can. And you definitely should. Well, probably the only person
3: I can think of that you could have added to that mix that maybe could have taken it into the, oh no, you, you can't go that far, but they would have, their logic would have been sound is the object of this next episode pig. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our good friend Robo from the, you guys will know him from the Robbo report, but this is one of the original call in show episodes. And this, this wasn't the introduction of Robbo. This was
4: his second time in. I think so. I, I missed Robo's um, the live introduction of Robbo when, you know, um, he got everybody's, well, not everybody, but got, got some knickers in a twist, you know, from how he, how he spoke and to steel and, um, and so I had to listen to it back afterwards. And, and I was just like, oh, you know, I, I thought, oh, well, I kind of find this guy kind of funny, but, um, but still, still knew he was onto something good with him straight away. You could just tell. And, um, and Robbo a, you know he's such a good fun guy and but so when I listened into this one because I was I was I listened to this one live because Amanda Ward was on, and I, I really enjoy her stuff, and I'd found some time when I was out in my balcony listening to them, but then Robo comes on and he starts talking about you know the imagination of children and the imagination of his son and how special imagination is and God damn it, man! It got a, it. got a bit dusty out there on the on the balcony.
7: I was... I'm, i
4: really... no, I'm with this. Um,
7: the the alternate uh, episode seven storyline. And when you said it was going to be very complex, I was just, I was thinking, oh my god, it's going to involve two Clone well, Luke Skywalkers with, with and there'll be three <laughs> Us in one of their names.
6: It involves a lot of. Well, if you think that the prequels created uh, timeline problems, uh, his his. His version of the story really creates problems because he has Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader meeting when they were like six years old, and they were trained by Luke's mom somehow, who was I guess older. And Luke's mom is just like that figure that he has. That's that he just calls that Luke's mom. He doesn't even have a name for. Her. And and he like he he uh, made me draw Luke's castle or Darth Vader's castle and all this extra stuff. And like we were like coming out and at the end of it, I just didn't feel like. Showing him the other movies, because I felt like this is something that uh, not that not like out of oh you shouldn 't watch them because you know something something i've got, but you know because he's kind of you know he'll he'll i'm sure he'll be at a friend's house one day and he'll, he'll he'll put it on and he'll see it but i haven't showed it to him because I kind of wanted to hold on to that for a little while longer I feel like there's Something kind of like – I'm worried that with all this Star Wars stuff coming out. I mean, I love it. For me, as a grown-up, it's great because my imagination completely shot, right? So, <laughs> you know, it's like once you're over 30, it just stops working, I think. And um, <laughs> But for kids, it's still there. and It doesn't have to, you know, make sense or anything, but they've got these wild stories. And I'm like, I – because he's also like me in a sense that he will – he catalogs, you know, he he's really a stickler for detail. And when he learns the detail, he never lets go. of it. And so I feel like if I start showing him other stuff, he's going to like, it's just going to latch on to all these like facts about these things. And then his, his imaginary world just disappears. I was curious whether, I mean, maybe that's, is that like a, a silly concern? Do you think a child's imagination is just boundless and they'll always come up with something extra or am I, um, do you, guys, do you guys kind of understand what I'm? I mean, how, how do
7: you feel about? Yeah. Because like, this, this this is filling me with a sort of reminiscent sadness that only a Toy Story film can give me, and I I mean that in as as a compliment. of just that that time when you've got that imagination, and you're making up stories. It's 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 very special, and that's always my concern when we fill in all this thing in the timeline with just say like that run in with the bounce. Hunter at Ord Mendel or the the battle of Tanab is just like we made up what that stuff was. And then, you know, it's a huge concern that they're desperate to, or or just so keen to fill in all these gaps that, you know, these things that are referenced in, in films to go back, Oh, let's say what that was. Let's say what this was. Let's, let's show how, you know, people want to see Han do everything that was ever mentioned he he did. And mm. and and it's you can make up other alternate things. Like he he doesn't have to there's other stuff in his C V that we don't know about yet. But um <laughs> I I Rob, I have to say I, I think your concerns are very touching. I'm yeah, what, what do you think Amanda? It
4: was a, it was a really, really, really Poignant take on on imagination and and children and what imagination means in the in the context of Star Wars and it was, there was no better person to be talking to than than Amanda about it and yeah it was a it was a really nice nice clip. It's it's one of those things where
3: I I can really appreciate how much that moved you because. I, I was watching my son play just a couple weeks ago. I, may, I think I posted a picture of it and just mentioned that I was so envious of his ability to get completely absorbed into what he's doing and completely lost in it with no shame of his, where his imagination was taking him or anything like that and how immersed he was in it. And I'm like, that is a very enviable thing to be able to do and to look at a child and look at him doing that and I wouldn't ever want to, to take
4: that from him at all yeah it's it's um, it, children are amazing and i think back to when i was a kid and you know like uh, you'd go around to a friend's place and you'd have it like the little toy cars and the multi-story car park and the little petrol station down the top and you'd sit there pull up your car pretend to put petrol in it and then drive it up and park it in the car parking spot and stuff like that and that would be the best game ever mm-hmm. and now you think you're an adult what's worse i've got to go find a park i've got to fill the car up with fuel it's just like if you told five-year-old me that you're going to get one day to fill a real car up with fuel and park in a multi-story car park i would have been beside myself <laughs> and there's that it's the magic of being a child and and Robert obviously gets that and we all get it to a certain extent and you see it in your own kids and I see it in my own kids. And, um, you know, that, that, that joy and that, that being uninhibited by, by, you know, realistic thoughts. And it's a special thing. And it was, a yeah, it was, it was great to hear him talk about it. He has
3: some really unique takes on like the mind of a kid and well, just for example, one of the things he talks about, he was one of the reasons that, like, I think he was talking about his son in particular, but kids are drawn to the Incredible Hulk. And they said, well, it's basically because he is a giant toddler, because he's got all this power, and he, but he doesn't understand what to do with it. And he's upset, but he's not sure why. And, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that actually is
4: exactly how my son <laughs> operates. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And just, just recently, like, um, you know, obviously we're talking to Patreons. Like, you know, Robbo was on the, the Robbo Report while, while Steele had his baby. And, you know, it's, it's just great. Like, you know, the guy gets it. He gets kids.
3: So, okay. So the last episode that you mentioned here is episode 80 with uh, James Fosdyke and
4: Luca, Luca Muller. Uh, tell me about this, Matt. So a, this is a really good episode for me for a couple of reasons. So James is from my... James Fossock is from my hometown and he's the little brother of one of my my good friends there. So I grew up with James, like, having sleepovers at his house and, you know, with his, you know, brother and stuff like that. And so I I know him well. Um, He was a cool kid then. He's a a cool guy now. Um, He's also an extremely talented artist. Um, And I just got into steel wars by that time and so i was looking forward to him being on and because this this was in adelaide um and so i was very much looking forward to going along to the show but i i got sent away for work and i couldn't go and um on that in this particular episode um james and uh, luca and steel are talking and it it's it starts to rain and it was it was one of the the summer storms we get here in in Adelaide when we have a you know period of a you know a week of really really hot weather and then the change comes in and dumps heap of rain in a big thunderstorm on top of us and the the venue started leaking and you know it was raining inside and raining on the stage and they were putting buckets and you know obviously trying not to get an electric shock from their microphones I I'd imagine um so yeah it was knowing what sort of, you know, whether it would have been, um, I found it hilarious to listen to, um, and having been to that venue as well. And then the other thing that I found really good about this is Steele and James talk about the lead-up to The Force Awakens and um, Steele doing his live show, and how worried James was... I feel funny calling him James. I normally call him Foz. How worried Foz was about Steel if he if he didn't like the film.
1: This time last year, and we were talking about your wedding and all that kind of stuff, And and I'm sure I was the same as everyone else that you spoke to about it, where I was just like, God, I hope it's good. I really <laughs> hope this Star Wars film is good because your life could be ruined because of it like you you put so much stock in it and and I was so worried for you <laughs> that it just I was so I was so happy that it was that it was quite a great film
2: yeah i sort of i heard that a lot and yeah. i think when it came to the actual night when we you know we did the midnight screening at Knox and then we did the podcast afterwards for those that, that don't know it was like 2:30 to about Five in the morning was it? Too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too early. And um, I think the by the time it got to it, it kind of like the the vibe before the the screening. Um, it was just like it was pretty intense. How happy everyone was. Like yeah. like it was a, a a little bit overwhelming and. Like just all these people that I'd met over the years sort of coming together at this one place and um just really, really happy like when I listened yeah. back, we did one the podcast directly after which was like a, a blog pod of that night, and yeah. just to hear when people got off the bus and and Dave Callan and that and they were just so yeah. there was just so much joy that I sort yeah. of like like I wanted it to be good, but I kind of It was sort of done. Like, it was sort of like they've made it. It's going to be how it is. But all this stuff before and after is awesome.
1: And I was just so relieved for you. I walked out relieved.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I must say, I was pretty... It's so weird when you watch one for the first time because you've watched the other one so many times. And I just think it's weird to see different words go up the screen or, like, just the different like the different episode number and like it's just like, whoa, yeah. new Roman numeral. It's like <laughs> wild. And I remember being pretty tense, like in that first po Dameron bit. Yeah. And then once the laser beam got shot and it stopped and I was just like, oh, this is this is banging.
1: Brain. Put your chair under there and then just put your I'm going to win this sweat competition, yeah. no yeah, doubt. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a leak in the roof.
2: The though, roof is leaking you? on Luca. Yeah. This is a Yoda's heart type situation we're in now. <laughs> yeah. I was very nervous. And then when, when the laser beam froze, yeah. I was kind of like, oh, that's, it's so new, but oh, it's so yeah. Star Wars. Like it's it was sort really of like in my cool. head, it was just like, how have they not done this before? Yeah. I'd love to have the... Because Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams, who wrote the film, they walked around just around Santa Monica a lot just taping themselves, talking. Yeah, right. Like they'd like theorise on ideas and stuff and then they'd just get someone to write it out. Mm. But I'd love to hear the discussion of when they came up with the laser beam and just who came up with it and just the other person just like... Like, it just would have been, like, awesome to hear that. Yeah. It would be awesome to come up with it. But, yeah. uh I don't know. It was weird, because it did, the whole thing meant a lot to me, but then I realised what it really meant. Like, yeah. and it was just about, like, hanging out with people and, and the joy of, it was really, cool. yeah, it was just the vibe, like,
1: before. Oh, it was amazing, because I went out there with my brother, uh, and it was just so much fun. Everyone was so excited, Such good vibes. And yeah, it's like you say, Like, it almost didn't matter what was going to happen with the movie because it's like, we've had this. We get to feel all these endorphins and sweet feelings and stuff. And now the movie. And it was great. And it's such a bonus that it was good, but it was already a sweet time. What did you think of the film, Luca? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Like, uh, the first time I watched... I think, like, a lot of people was, like, too much to take in. It was, like, there was, I think it was good, but who knows, really. And then uh, we are going to die today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad the movie was good. Uh,
2: is, is anyone in the crowd getting rained on? Oh, you are you <laughs> on?
1: That's because you're special. <laughs> I feel Cheers. like we're about to ask those long, tall people about the clone system.
4: This is one of my favourite things about Steel and about Steel Wars is that Steel says it didn't actually matter what the film was like because he'd put all this effort into putting in this live show that I didn't like to start with and turned off after seven minutes um, he'd put all this effort into putting this show together and all the lead-up he'd done and all the, the, um, all the podcasts he'd done and all the people he'd interviewed but in the end, all that time he'd spent with people and all the fun he'd had up to leading up to it, it doesn't actually matter what the film's like. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. What really matters is all that time you've you've spent with the people and getting excited and sharing something with people. and it's just absolutely spot on. And when I was listening to it when for this, I was like, that's. That moment's gone now we'll never have that lead up again we'll never have that excitement there'll never be that one first movie again probably and the fact that steel was smart enough then to know that it wasn't about the movie it was about the people you're doing it with and when i look at my star wars fandom i don't think of the movies as much as i think about the kids i grew up playing with my sisters Like, you know, making up songs about Star Wars, like changing pop songs and, you know, putting Star Wars songs in it to sing to me in the car on long trips. Does that remind you of anyone? Um, You know, and, um, you know, my mum buying me the toys. Like, I think of, you know, when when I was older and going to to the, the special editions with my friends, like driving up, getting speeding fines, you know, staying in shitty hotels to watch these movies in the big city. And, you know, I think, and then I think about the last Jedi and, you know, going over to, to meet all the people I'd met online. I think about like all the friends I've made around the world, like yourself, like, so still smart enough then, even way back then to know it's not about the movie. It's not about whether you like the movie or not. So
3: that's really deep because it's, it's so true. Whenever I think back about like my favorite Star Wars moments they've always involved people. I mean, a, 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 luckily I'm fortunate enough that I love the films too. That really really has yeah. a way of working out. But yeah, man, and like like you said, making friends all around the world. That it's it's almost bizarre, but it feels so natural that you stop thinking about the fact that in reality it's kind of weird. And uh, <laughs> because, yeah, man, you, here just so the, the the listeners know, man, Farouche is on the very top of my must meet in real life list of people, and all just because of we like Star Wars and happen to intersect because of a podcast, and and yeah, man, that's the part of the fandom that's really the best part.
4: Yeah, I think you can get a bit tied up. know in debating this and that about the films and you know i think like i've definitely done it myself you you have a responsibility to curate your own fandom and i think it's important that you know i it's important for me personally that i just i just keep it more about the people than it ever will be about Mm -hmm. working out what i think is going to happen in this or Th- these people don't like that or this has happened i just i just think about all the friends and all the all the all the memories and stuff like that i have with 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 the people is is worth more than yeah you know, you, if put it this way if you gave me a choice between seeing episode 9 at all ever and keeping all the friends that i've made i don't need to see the movie man you know, I think I'd
3: have to agree with you on that, unless like the Blu-ray of episode nine was in my hand, and then I would just hang up this call and be like, well, my yeah. convictions were there until, until I was faced with the reality of it. <laughs> but no, you're right, man. You are right. That, that is really cool. And the best moments I can think of in all this are all related to the people. And it's borderline overwhelming. To think about it sometimes
4: but it is and and that's that's why i'm, I'm such a big fan of Steele's podcast because in in the end he understands that right because you know if you if you like something enough you can you can have fun fun with it even if you don't like it right but it's <laughs> those are words of wisdom my friend that needs to be
3: somebody's ringtone i think on the phone <laughs> not mine though because i keep my phone muted all the time because i'm a decent human being but uh
4: <laughs> Me
3: too. <laughs> it's goddamn monsters. <laughs> I know, man. I know. Oh my gosh. I it's it's funny, it's just so the little inside information here. Whenever uh I first called Matt on Skype, he, he heard the Skype ringtone in his headphones super loud and it startled him. I when I got the iPhone that I have now, I hadn't I had never ever heard it ring because i had it on vibrate from the minute i got it out of the box and turned it on i had never heard the ringtone because i get god i because of work it's just constant there's no point in listening to it because i can hear it vibrating just as well and one day i had headphones on i was listening to a podcast and the phone started ringing and i am not joking i was like what the hell is that sound (laughs) until i realized it was my phone ringing Oh, so that's what it sounds like. (laughs) (laughs)
4: uh, Not too true.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this. Do you have a Steel Wars episode that you can definitively say is your favorite
4: by far? Or not even by Um, far, but just your favorite. I I think this far in, I think, the uh, was it Rebecca Edwards that you, one of the first ones that you did? Yes. I I swear she, I swear she picked every single episode that I would have picked. Yeah, um, she,
3: she nailed it. She really did that. Cause that was tough because, you know, the very next person can't possibly pick any of those episodes or else we've got the same episode of Strother's Wars.
4: Oh God. I, I think um, one of the, the two that I really remember the most were Lee sales, which is one that Rebecca picked, which was a very, um, a very uh, well-respected political journalist. And uh, the other one would have been Darren Hayes from Savage Garden. Um, oh yeah, that was a really good one he's a great he's a great storyteller and but there's been there's been lots of great ones so,
3: well and for for me personally, what I find so great about the show is there are a lot of great ones that are great for different reasons. You've got some yeah. pretty serious ones where Like whenever he interviewed, um, oh, let me think of what's one sticking off the top of my head that was like an amazing get for him. Uh, Oh, Leonard Malton, that was a huge one. So you've got like a milestone event where, and he just knocks it out of the park from an interview standpoint and really gets him to open up and talk about stuff that you might not have been able to get him to talk about. In more of a mainstream journalism setting, but then you take like the funniest live episodes. Like w- one of the ones I I think is one of my favorites is uh, and I I think I've played this rec- in a recent Strathers Wars is uh, uh, Danny McGinley was talking about comparing football to, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. And oh, yep. my God, it was just the way he put it together was so good. And I love that episode. And I think the I mean, for me, p- from a personal standpoint, it's because that was like one of the very first things production wise that I had done for steel was putting together clips for this Well, it was a platform that doesn't it doesn't exist now. But anyway, little sizzle clips from these things. And that was the first episode I ever worked on. And but it was also just so damn good too. Yeah,
4: Danny's Danny's very funny. He's he supports the same football team I support. And he gave that little spiel about the the Empire Strikes back and, and football on the way to us winning our first pennant or whatever you call it over there in sixty odd years. So I've got a very special fondness for that episode. So okay. yeah. One other one that pops into my mind is when he interviewed the Suck Lord. Oh yeah, I, I think you've had that on there. But the the way that that guy spoke about art and the relationship of art to the artist, and was very fascinating. That was like compelling listening. So, yeah, complete surprise. though who would have thought? But,
3: yeah, I I was blown away by that episode. I'm gonna go listen to it right now. I'll see you later. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But well, Matt, man, I thank you so much for doing this. I, I could just keep this going all day. You you pick some great ones, and but just talking
4: to you has been just as fun as as checking out the episodes. Absolutely, it's been great talking to you too. It's been a long time coming.
3: And there we have it. Another episode of Strother's Wars. Fru is super cool. I'm so glad I got to talk to him, and I have to meet this dude in real life and hang out. Maybe one of these days I'll make it to Australia. Anyway, I hope that you'll go back and listen to the full versions of all the episodes that we talked about. If you're a Patreon supporter and you would like to be on Strother's Wars, all you got to do is comment on the Patreon post for this episode and I'll reach out to you. I've got a bit of a backlog of people that are wanting to do the show and obviously I'm super slow at getting them out, but I will get in touch with you and we'll figure something out. If you're not a Patreon supporter, what are you waiting on, man? All you got to do is go to Patreon.com/forward slash Steel Wars, and for just one dollar a month, you get access to all of the entire back catalog of the regular Steel Wars episodes. And for three dollars a month, you'll also get all of the Patreon exclusive shows, such as Juklin Strikes Back, Star Wars Year by Podcast with Hawes Burkhart from the Blue Harvest Podcast, the Robo Report, and more. If you want to find out more about what I do check out my star wars podcast the bad motivators where we talk star wars from a pretty unique perspective if i do say so myself and i'm also on the making star wars network's very own the sith list anyway guys it's been awesome until next time i am out of here and may that force be with you
1: is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates I mean if you want it's it's up to you if
2: you're after more Star Wars listening please check out the Making Star Wars podcast network at makingstarwars.net where you can find such great podcasts as Blue Harvest First Order Transmissions Idiot's Array Making Star Wars Now This Is Podcasting Podcast 2187 Rebel Girl Rogue One Tarkin's Top Shelf, The Cargo Hold, and The Sith List. So that's planetbroadcasting.com and MakingStarWars.net. Los Angeles tickets are now on sale for our final live podcast of the year at Geeky Tees Magnolia Boulevard, Burbank on Saturday, December 15th at 4 p.m. For the first time ever, we'll be doing a live podcast version of our annual Listener Prediction Review Show where we review all the Star Wars news predictions that you guys made at the start of the year. I'll be joined on stage by a grip of previous Steel Wars guests along with the live audience to help us decide who was the Jedi Master Star Wars predictor for 2018. And spoiler alert, I did not fare well in this competition. It's going to be a hilarious afternoon of live Star Wars fun, Saturday, December 15th, 4 p.m. at Geeky Tees Burbank. Tickets are on sale at merchostore.com. The link is in the show notes.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more